Bibles, once again, to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We've been studying manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And as we know, we were praying for a move of God. We're praying for an awakening to take place across this nation and throughout these Caribbean islands. Come on, say amen, somebody. And we know when we're talking about an awakening, we're talking about a move of God. Amen. And we're talking about, when we're talking about a move of God, we're talking about a move of the Holy Ghost. Now, we talked about the physical, mental, material side of the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Now, we're talking about the spiritual side of the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because we know they're going to work hand in hand. Amen. Now, we looked at the supernatural aspect of the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And we've seen where translations took place in Ezekiel's ministry and in Philip's ministry. Amen. And they didn't use airlines. Come on, say amen, somebody. They didn't use no public, trans public form of transportation. They were caught up and taken somewhere else. Amen. amen. I don't know about you. I'm believing for that. Amen. It'll save you a whole lot of time to get someplace. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. We found out from the word of God that if you, if you want an increase of manifestations of the Holy Ghost, we found out you had to be a person of an honest report. Come on, say amen, somebody. You must be a person full of the Holy Ghost. Come on. And you must be a person of the word. Somebody say of the word. Amen. But why? Because to be full of faith, you have to be full of the word. <laughs> Glory to God. And the question I asked last time we were together are you willing to do what it takes to make yourself more sensitive to the move of the Spirit? Amen. Well, some people will say, will say amen, and some people will say, I don't know. But, you know, it, uh, it, 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 it demonstrated in your actions. It's demonstrated in your actions. I mean, I can say yes all day long, but it's demonstrated if I show up at church. It's demonstrated if I pray and read my Bible. Come on, say amen, somebody. If I actually do those things, then make sure I'm more sensitive to the move of the Spirit of God. In other words, we've been talking about preparing yourself to be used of God. Do what? Prepare yourself to be used of God. And sometimes when you're preparing yourself to be used of God, that means sometimes you got to get rid of some things. And deal with some things that's stopping you from being prepared to be used of God. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And we also know that both in Philip and Stephen, amen, it said they were full of the Holy Ghost. And because they were full of the Holy Ghost, God used them to do great wonders and miracles amongst the people. We read that, right? God used them, but we've been talking about who was the agent working behind them. Go to Hebrews 2.1 again. It was the Holy Ghost manifesting himself. Somebody say the Holy Ghost was manifesting himself. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Once again, it says, therefore, we ought to give the more, more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should what? Let them slip. Once again, don't let slip what you're hearing concerning manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Because once again, sometimes we hear things in the word of God, but we really never take them on. Come on, say amen, somebody. And to some, it's just a cute little sermon. I went to church. I did my daily duty, my weekly duty. Come on, say amen, somebody. I can say I went to church, but none of what I heard stuck with me. Amen. And the Holy Ghost is trying to get us to see, amen, 
what the Holy Ghost is trying to get us to see, what happens again, we sometimes let them slip away. And we never grasp it to the point where it makes a difference in our lives and the lives of others. Glory to God. That's why he says here, give more earnest heed. Give more what? Earnest heed to the things which you have heard. That means you've heard these things. Come on, say amen, somebody. We know the word earnest is a Greek word, peristeros, and it means more abundantly. It means more in a greater degree. It means more earnestly. It means more exceedingly, especially above others. It also means more frequent. And we found out the word heed is the Greek word pros echo, and it means to hold the mind towards. Somebody say hold the mind towards. Hold the mind towards, that is to pay attention to, be cautious about, apply oneself to, adhere to, come on, Give attendance, beware, be given to, to give heed, and to have regard. And we know this is really how faith comes. By you being what? More earnest, taking more to a greater degree that you have been, that you have been previously. Come on, say amen, somebody. In other words, paying attention and applying yourself to what you're hearing. Let me say it again. Pay attention and doing what? Applying yourself to what you're what? Hearing, and above all the things, more earnestly and more frequently, holding your mind, somebody say mind, holding your mind towards what you're hearing and being cautious of that you don't lose it. Because the devil comes when? Devil comes when? Immediately to do what? To steal the word. So you got to be what? You got to make sure you're holding your mind towards what you're hearing and being cautious that you don't lose it. Don't allow the devil to steal what you're receiving. You're receiving. Look at verse 2. It says, For if the word spoken by the angels was steadfast, and every transgression and no disobedience received a just what? Recompense a reward. How shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that what? Heard him. And we read this from the Message Bible. We read it from the Message Bible. And the Message Bible reads, it's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we heard so that we don't drift off. It says, if the old message delivered by the angels was valid, and nobody got away with anything. Do you think we can risk neglecting this latest message? This magnificent salvation? First of all, it was delivered in person by the master. Then accurately passed on to us by those who what? Who heard it from who? From him. Then in verse 4 in the King James it says, God also bearing their witness both with what? Signs and what? It says God also bearing the witness with both what? Signs and what? Wonders and with what? Diverse miracles and, and what? Gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his what? Own will. The Message Bible reads verse 4. All the while God was what? Validating it with what? Gifts from the Holy Ghost. All sorts of what? Signs and miracle as he saw fit. 
How did God validate his will on the earth? With gifts through what? Through the Holy Spirit with all sorts of signs and miracles. Signs and what? Miracles. Why? These are all manifestations. We ought to give earnest heed, taking to heart that we, what we're hearing to be what? To a more greater degree. Why? Because we want to see signs and miracles. Anybody want to see signs and miracles? We got to keep our mind towards what he's doing in the earth because we want to see what? Signs and miracles. Anybody want to be signs and miracles? See, God is validating who he is and his will on the earth through what? Through manifestations of the Holy Ghost with gifts and all sorts of and all sorts of signs and miracles. He's still in the sign business and he's still in the miracle working business. Notice what Paul says in Romans 15, 18. Romans 15, 18. It reads. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by what? By word and deed. Through what? Through, through mighty signs and what? Through mighty signs and wonders, verse 19, by the power of the what? Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem around about Ecurium, I have fully what? Preached the gospel of who? Christ. He's saying the same thing. God what? God validated his ministry through what? Mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God. Come on, my, 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 my screen crew, you stuck on verse 18. <laughs> and I'm on verse 19. <laughs> it says through mighty what? Signs and wonders by the what? Spirit, by the power of the Spirit of who? God. He's saying the same thing, folks. God validated his ministry through what? Mighty what? Signs and wonders by the what? By the Spirit of God. Somebody say by the Spirit of God. That means we're going to witness more and more of God validating his word. Let me say it again. That means we're going to witness more and more of God validating his word and what's being preached through what? Signs and wonders and by the what? power or manifestations of the Spirit of God. We're about to see some things, folks. Anybody ready to see some things? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. 1 He said, by gifts. And here in 1 Corinthians 12, 4, it says, now the, the, there are diversities or distinctions of what? Gifts. But the same spirit or the spirit of God. Amen. We know the spiritual gifts come by the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Verse 5. There are differences of what? Administration. But the same who? Lord. We know he's talking about Lord. He's talking about who? The Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord who? Jesus Christ. And we know the word administration here is a Greek word, diakonion. And it means services. It means ministry offices. See, the ministry gifts or ministry offices, they all come by Jesus. We're talking about those in Ephesians 4 where it talks about he gave gifts unto men. He gave some what? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Them are all ministry what? Gifts. Were given by who? 
Thank you. I heard somebody say, God. He knows about Amen. Verse 6. And there are diversities of operation, but it's the same who? God, which what? Work of all in all. That's God the Father. The word operations here is the Greek word energema, and it means workings or operations. So all the workings and all the operations are under the control of the same God who is head of all. Amen? What's God doing? He's showing us the operation and the work of the divinity of the divine trinity. But then he singles out the work of the Holy Spirit in verse 7, and he goes into detail. Verse 7, but the manifestation, some might say manifestation. What are we talking about? We're talking about manifestations of the Holy Ghost. So he said, but the manifestations of the Spirit is given to who? Every man to what? Prophet with all. And we looked at that word manifestation, and the word manifestation is the Greek word perneriosis. And it means to make visible. To make visible. Come on, say that. To make visible. So he's saying the visible manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man so that it can change their lives. The visible manifestation. Then he begins to list what should be visible manifestations of the Spirit. In other words, things that we should be witnessing. He said, for one, meaning someone who's operating in this gift, for one is given by the Spirit the what? The word of wisdom. To another what? The word of knowledge by the same what? Spirit or by the same Holy Ghost. To another what? Faith by the same Spirit. To another what? Gifts of healing by the what? Same Spirit. To another what? Working on miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another diverse kind of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. But all these, all these work of what? That one in the self-same spirit dividing to every man severally as he wills. God's word translated best when it says in verse 11, there's only one spirit who does all these things by giving what God wants to give each person. You hear that? There's only one spirit who does what? All these things by what? Giving what God wants to give each person. Somebody say, I'll take that. Why? Because the Holy Ghost doesn't work independent of himself, folks. Amen? He don't work independent of God. He works under the direction of God. He validate, he validate God's will in the earth as we have read. Through what? Through signs, wonders, and miracle. Come on, who validates God's will on the earth? The Holy Ghost. How's he do it? God wants us to witness visible manifestations of the Holy Ghost. But not only witness them, to be a part of them. Come on, say amen, somebody. He wants to use you, use you to do what? To validate his word with what? Manifestations of the Holy Ghost with what? Signs, wonders, and miracles. Anybody want to get used in this room? As we know, Jesus was our example. Go to Acts 10.38. Jesus was our example. Acts 10.38. 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 Acts 10
Jesus was our example of visible manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Acts 10.38. And we know the scripture. Go to God. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the what? With the what? Do we have the same Holy Ghost? It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with what? Power. Do we have the same power? Because we have the same what? Holy Ghost. Who went about doing good or manifesting visible good by the who? By the Holy Ghost and manifesting visible healings of all that were what? Oppressed of the what? Devil. For God was with them. God was controlling it all. It was all under the direction of who? Of God validating his will in the earth with miracle signs and wonders and healings. And what? Healings. Turn to Matthew 8 and 1. Matthew 8 1 reads, And when he has come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a what? Leper and did what? Worship him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me what? Clean. He wanted to know if it's God's will to heal him. And Jesus put forth his hand and did what? And touched him, saying what? Saying what? I will be thou what? Clean. What Jesus said, he said, I can show you better than I can tell you. And immediately his what? Immediately his what? Leprosy was what? Clean. What was that? They noticed his skin start getting smooth again. Come on, say amen, somebody. They noticed things start growing back again. Come on. What were they doing? A visible manifestation of the Holy Ghost, amen, was upon Jesus validating God's will for that man in the earth. Come on. They needed to see some things. Look at verse 4. See, people seen the what? They seen the visible manifestation of the Spirit of God, and they received the word. And Jesus said unto him, See thou what? Tell no man, but go thy way, and show thyself what? To the priest, and offer the what? To get that Moses commanded for a what? Testimony unto them. Come on, he said, go let the priest confirm. Let the priest confirm that you what? That you received a visible manifestation of healing in your body. Because they could not approach the priest as a leopard. They had to be cleansed in order to even get even near him. But he said, go to the priest and show him the visible manifestation of or what God has done in your life. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And if I, was, I had any ailment in my body, I'd be taking these words to heart. If I had any ailment in my body, I'd be taking these words to heart. Come on, say amen, somebody. I'd be receiving everything I'm saying. I believe that. I received that. A visible manifestation. If God can do it for him, God can do it for me. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because this word is supposed to be bringing faith. It's not just a cute little sermon. Not something you just heard before. Faith comes by and hearing by the that's why it's in the word of God. So you can hear it over and over and over and over again. Because why? You know in your heart that God will give you a visible manifestation of healing in your body. 
Because why? It's in his word. Mark 10, 46. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side, what? Begging. Now, we know this miraculous account, but I want to, like I said, I want to center on the people that witnessed this visible manifestation of the Holy Ghost. It says he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of what? And a great number of what? So it was a, his disciples and a great number. This had to be a lot of people. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to what? Cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have what? Have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should what? Hold his peace. But he did what? He said, forget y'all. Y'all not sitting up here blind. Y'all not sitting up here begging people for money because you can't see and can't do nothing. It can't work. He said, but he cried the more what? Great deal. Thou son of David, have what? Have mercy on me. And Jesus did what? Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto them, be of what? Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his what? Garment and rose. Because, because why? He knew this was his day to receive. He knew this was his day to receive a visible manifestation of the power of God working through his body. He was going to see today. They weren't going to call him a blind man anymore. And he came to Jesus, and Jesus answered and said unto him, What will thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might what? Receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole, and immediately... He received a what? Visible manifestation of healing in his eyes. He received this sight and he said, I ain't, listen, I'm going with you wherever you go. I'm following you from this day forward. Come on, say amen, somebody. That should be the response of somebody that gets healed by God. But you have people that get healed and they go the other direction. They go back out to partying. They go back doing the nonsense that got them into trouble in the first place. But this man was smart enough to say, hey, I'm following Jesus from this day forward. Come on, say amen, somebody. But notice this. Who witnessed this visible manifestation of the Holy Ghost? It says his disciples and a what? Great number of what? People. Why? Because God wants the world to see. Let me say it again. God wants the world to see What? Visible manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Because in most cases, that's the only way he can get them to believe. Look at John 2.23. John 2.23 says, And when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they what? When they what? Saw the miracles. Many believed when they what? Many believed when they what? Many believed when they what? Saw the miracles which he did. 
Well, we know he was what? He was anointed by the Holy Ghost, amen, when he did those miracles, or right or wrong. Those miracles were what? Were visible what? Manifestation of the Holy Ghost for the main purpose, amen, so that they would what? Believe on Jesus. So that they were what? Believe on Jesus. Come on, believe on who? Look at Matthew 11, 2. Their main purpose is that they want believe on who? Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, we're about to see a move of God that's going to bring in millions of people into the body of Christ. And he's going to do it through signs, wonders, and miracle, visible manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Come on, say amen. Matthew eleven two. 2, it says, Now when John had heard in prison the what? The words of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. What did he do? He heard about the what? The manifestations while he was where? While he's where? In prison. And I truly believe we're going to see prisons. Come on. We're going to see reports in prison where God showed up. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. They're going to see visible manifestations of the Holy Ghost while they're in prison. Come on, you may know somebody that may be in prison right now. God's about to get them out. They're going to come out preaching the gospel with, with, with signs and wonders in their ministry. Look at verse 3. And he said unto him, Aren't thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto him, Go and show John again those things which you do, which you do, which you do, and which you do. And so they were hearing something. He said, Show them what you're hearing and what you're seeing. Show them what you're hearing and what you're seeing. In other words, I want you to describe to him in detail. What you're hearing me preach. And I want you to describe in detail to him what you're seeing visible in your eyes. What you're seeing with your own eyes. Amen. Verse 5. What did they see? That the blind received their sight. What did they see? That the lame walk. What did they see? That the lepers are cleansed. What did they see? That the deaf ear what they see that the dead are raised what they see that the poor have the gospel preached to them that they don't have to be poor no more therefore they wasn't poor no more so they seen the miracle and they heard the gospel preach they seen the miracle and they heard the gospel what preach they seen the miracle and they heard the, he said go tell this to John what you heard you heard the gospel preach and behind that you seen signs wonders and miracles when? When the gospel was preached. Hallelujah. Healing all that what? Were oppressed of the devil by what? By a visible manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Turn to Matthew 12, 22. He said, go tell him what you hear and see. So they went back and told him, listen, we heard the gospel preached. Then we heard the blind eye. We seen the blind eyes being opened. 
Come on, we've seen the lame walk. We've seen the lepers that were cleansed. We've seen the deaf ear. we even seen the dead raised. When the what? When the gospel was preached. Matthew 12, 22. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a what? Devil who was blind and what? Dumb. He had all, he had all kind of things messing with him, right? Possessed with a devil. Blind and couldn't speak. He couldn't even speak up for himself. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. And he what? And he what? Healed him insomuch that the blind and the dumb both what? Spake and saw. Visible manifestation. And verse 23, and all the people were what? Amazed and said, is not this the son of David? What happened? It got the people to talking. Talking about what? Talking about the visible manifestation of what they seen. Come on. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out devils, but by what? Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew the thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided itself against itself is brought to what? Desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall be what? shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom, what, stand? And if by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? <laughs> Therefore, they shall, what, be your judges. But then it says, verse 28, but if I, but if I, Cast out devils. Now, how is he casting out devils? How is he casting out devils? By the Spirit of God. Then he said, the kingdom of God is what? Come unto you. He said, if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, what's he doing? He's revealing to us who was the active agent and the miracles that he performed. He did everything by the what? By the Spirit of God or by the Holy Ghost, the same Holy Ghost that you and I have. He did it by the Spirit. He did it by the Spirit. But turn to Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 2. He did it by the what? By the what? By what? By the Spirit of God. Come on, he operated in the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 2 where it says, it says, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your what? Work of what? Faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ and the sight of God and what? Our Father. Knowing, brother and beloved, your election of God. But notice in verse 5 he says, for our gospel came not unto you in what? Our gospel came not unto you in what? Word only. In other words, we didn't just preach the word. And that was it. Let me say it again. We didn't just preach the word. And that was it. He said, no. We didn't come to you in word only. But also in what? But also in what? Power and what? And in, uh, and in the what? Holy Ghost. And in much assurance as you know, what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Let's read verse 5 from the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation reads, For when we brought you the good news, 
It was not only with words, but also with what? Also with what? Power. For the Holy Spirit gave you what? For assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were what? With you. In other words, the full assurance was the power attached with the word. Let me say it again. The full assurance was a power attached to the word. He's talking about the word and the spirit coming together like Smith Wiggleworth prophesied about. It's not just all word. It's not just all word, but a visible demonstration of the power of God, which is manifested by the Holy Ghost. See, when you see a demonstration of the power, it gives you an assurance that the word of God that just went forth is the true word of God. Let me say it again. When you see a demonstration of the power, it gives you what? An assurance that the word that just went forth is what? Is the true word of God. Notice what he says in verse 6. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the what? Having received the what? Word in what? And much what? Affliction with the what? With the joy of the what? The Holy Ghost. It says they haven't received the word in much affliction. That word affliction is the Greek word telipsis. Somebody say telipsis. It describes difficult times they were going through. It conveys the idea of a heavy pressure situation. Of a what? Heavy pressure. Have you ever been in a heavy pressure situation? That's what it conveys. It conveys the idea of what? Of a heavy pressure situation. The word thelipsis was first used to describe the Pacific Act. Listen to this now. It It was used to describe the Pacific Act of tying up a victim with a rope, laying him on his back, then place taking a huge boulder and put it on top of him until his body was crushed. That's what the word was first used to describe. The adjectives that describe this word to ellipsis are acute, awful, critical, Dire, dreadful, grave, grim, humiliating, overpowering, pressing, and subduing. So it's talking about the severe, the severe suffering they were going through in Thessalonica for being believers. They were going through what? Telepsis. They were being crushed. Emotionally and physically in some cases. Come on, say amen, somebody. But it says here, they went through all of that affliction with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Let me say that again. They went through all that affliction with the what? Joy of the Holy Ghost. Well, the question is, what brought them the joy of the Holy Ghost? It was the power that was demonstrated when the word was being preached. It gave them an assurance that God is present and real in the midst of what they were going through. Oh, anybody in here. 
Amen. In other words, it was giving them assurance that this too will pass. Why? Because of the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And see, people in churches today, they don't have any joy. Because why? They don't see any demonstration of the power behind what is preached. Why? Because once you see a demonstration of the power of God, after you heard the word, come on, it gives you an assurance that this thing is real. It gives you an assurance, amen, that this thing is really the power of God and God is real as they say he is. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at the results. Verse 7. So that you were what? And samples or examples to all that believed in what? Macedonia and what? Achaia. In other words, they became examples of what happens when you receive the word and the spirit. Say it again. They became examples of what happened when you received the what? The word and the what? Spirit. When you see a what? Demonstration of the power of God. Look at verse 8. For from you sounded out what? The word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad so that we need not speak anything. In other words, we didn't have to say a word. People see what is, what, 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 what is, what, people see what is done in your life. They've seen the change in you, and they've seen the change around you. Come on, say amen, somebody. They've seen what you're doing that they didn't see before. Verse 9, for they themselves show us what? What manner enter in we had unto you. In other words, people are telling us the effect that we had on your lives and the result of the word and the spirit that was demonstrated through us by the Holy Ghost. Come on, are you with me out here? And how you what? And how you turned to God from what? From idols to do what? Serve the living and who? True God and to wait for a son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which what? Which delivered us from the wrath to what? Come. Look at what, listen, look at what caused them to turn from their idols to serve the living and true God. It wasn't just a word. It wasn't just a word. It was the gospel that came not unto them in word only, but also in what? Power in the what? Holy Ghost. It's going to take the word and the power of the Holy Ghost to turn people away from the false religions that's got them locked up. Are anybody with me in here? But guess what? He's going to use you to do it. Somebody say amen out there. He's going to use you to do it. But once again, are you willing to do what it takes to make yourself more sensitive to the move of the Spirit. That question is still out there, folks. Come on. Are you going to be a person of honest report? person full of the Holy Ghost? Be a person of the Word so you can be full of faith. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at Acts chapter 7, verse 54. Are you going to do what it takes? 
Or are you going to be just like a normal Christian like most people out here today? Not producing nothing. Nothing at all. Because why? Because you won't take the time to prepare yourself to be used of the Holy Ghost. Come on. You played church long enough, don't you think? It's time to see some things. Hello? Anybody in the church today? Maybe I'm talking to people that maybe online or something. I don't know. Acts 7.54. We know Stephen here preached a hard word to them. He preached a hard word. And it says in verse 54, when they heard these things, they were what? Cut to the heart. And they what? Gnashed on him with their what? Teeth. And this happens sometimes. <laughs> Come on. When you preach something that hits people where they are. Come on. And they don't like it. It'll cut them to their heart. And while they're sitting in that chair, they'll start gnashing their teeth. Who is like you? That ain't right. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, some of you sat by some of them people. Amen. <laughs> amen. Glory to God. Verse 55. But he being what? Full of the what? Holy Ghost looked steadfastly up to he into heaven, and he saw the what? The glory of God. And what? And Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Notice Jesus wasn't sitting. He was what? Standing. What's he doing? He's standing up there applauding this man. Oh, come on. He was applauding this man who was bold enough to preach this message without compromise through the power of the Holy Ghost. But what made him so bold? Because it said he was full of the... He is full of the... He is full of the what? Holy Ghost. And being full of the Holy Ghost, he was seeing some things that other people couldn't see. He was seeing heaven itself help open up. He could see the very throne of God. And they cried out with a loud voice when they heard him say this. They cried with a loud voice and stopped their ears. And ran upon him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and what? And what? Stole him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they what? They, listen to this now. They stoned Stephen. Saying, stop. Don't kill me. Stop. It hurts. Ouch! What's wrong with y'all? Y'all crazy? <laughs> no, it says they stone stepping, calling upon God. 
and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice. Lord, lay not this, this, this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he what? Fell asleep. Listen, because he was full of the Holy Ghost. Why they was throwing stones. I know they wouldn't take no little rocks. They were throwing boulders at him. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why they was throwing stones at him. Guess what? Because he was full of the Holy Ghost, he didn't feel a thing. He didn't feel a thing. And he demonstrated a love. That was so supernatural against these people that were stoning him, which we know stoning was one of the worst ways you can die. But the Holy Ghost filled him with a love and forgiveness to those that were stoning him and doing him wrong that he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. That was the result of being full of the Holy Ghost. And then he calmly went to heaven to be in the vision that he was seeing. (laughs) Come on, say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Go to Luke chapter 12, verse 11. So the question is, are you going to get yourself full of the Holy Ghost? Prepare yourself. Luke 12, 11. It says, and when they bring you unto the synagogues, which they may do, and to the magistrates and powers, which may happen to you, For what you believe. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. I guess Vicky Yoe got a taste of that. <laughs> see, if I was there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't apologize myself. Because <laughs> I'm telling the truth. Take you no thought how or what thing you shall answer or what you shall, what you shall say. Why? Verse 12, for the Holy Ghost shall what? The Holy Ghost shall what? Teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. He'll teach you what to say in your most trying situation. If you will just yield to him. Say it again. He'll teach you what to say in your most trying situation. If you what? Just yield to him and don't just allow anything to blurt out your mouth that's not God. And that's where we have problems. Because we're always in an attitude of trying to defend ourselves. 
We're quick to defend ourselves. Come on. Some of you got a sharp tongue. <laughs> Come on. Before you even think, it's out. I mean, you don't cut them slide, you don't come sideways, up and down. You went behind them and cut them in the back, in the front, and on the sides. The ears coming off, the nose is coming off. Because <laughs> you know how you can chop somebody up with that mouth. Come on, say amen, somebody. And all because they came against you. When he says there, when thing, people come against you, when things come against you, you may be brought before people even because of what you believe. He said, don't say nothing, shut up. The Holy Ghost will give you what to say. <laughs> Who's going to give you what to say? The Holy Ghost will teach you how to shut your mouth and how to say the right thing and sometimes to defuse the situation. Glory to God. Go to 1 Corinthians 6, 9. See, he'll teach you what to say in your most what? Your most trying situation. If you what? Just yield. And if you're born again, how many born again people we have in here? If you're born again, the Holy Ghost is on the inside of you just waiting for you to cooperate with him. Do what? Cooperate with him by moving your flesh out of the way. And getting more into the spirit. In other words, yielding to him. Somebody say yielding to him. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. It says, what? Know you not that your body is the what? Your body is the what? Temple of who? Of the Holy Ghost, which is where? Where is he at? Come on, where is he at? Where is the Holy Ghost back there, teenagers? In you which you have of God, and you are not your own. For you were bought for price, therefore what? Glorify God in your what? Body and in your what? Spirit, which is what? Which are God's. You glorify God in your body by yielding your spirit and your body to the Holy Ghost, which is where? In you. There's a yielding that has to take place. In other words, you allow him to use you. How do you do that? You prepare yourself to be used by him. Romans 15, 13. Look what it says here. You do what? Prepare yourself to be what? Used by him. Come on. God's looking for some yielded vessels in here. Not just talkers. We'd heard enough talking. We need some doing. We heard enough talking. People you know heard enough talking. They want to see some things now. Hello. They want to see some things. Tell your neighbor they want to see some things. But you got to prepare yourself to be used by him. Romans 15, 13. He said, now God of hope fill you with what? All what? Joy and peace in what? Believing that you may abound in what? Hope through the what? Through the what? Power of the Holy Ghost. Well, we know Bible hope is an earnest expectation. 
Bible hope is a what? Earnest expectation. So you can say the God of earnest expectation fill you with joy and peace in believing. That you may abound in what you're earnestly in expectation of through the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me say it again. The God of earnest expectation fill you with what? Joy and peace in believing that you may abound. Somebody say abound. That you may abound in what you are earnestly in expectation of through the what? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. So it's through the power of the Holy Ghost that gives me the expectation of what's going to happen in my life. Let me say it again. So it's through the power of the Holy Ghost that gives me the what? Expectation of what's going to happen in my life. It keeps me full of joy and it keeps me full of peace because why? Because I'm in expectation of what's about to take place in my life. Let me say it again. It gives me, it keeps me what? Full of joy and keeps me full of peace because I'm what? I'm in expectation of what's about to take place in my life. Is anybody in here full of joy and full of peace? Because you expect God to do something mighty in your life. You expect God to do something with you great. Come on, beyond anybody else's imagination. Come on, anybody in here know what I'm talking about? I'm in expectation. Verse 14. He said, and I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of what? Goodness. Filled with what? All knowledge. Able also to what? Amonish another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God. That I should be the what? Minister of Jesus Christ to the what? Gentiles. Ministering the gospel of God. Ministering what? Ministering what? The gospel of God. That the offering of the Gentiles might be what? Acceptable. Being sanctified by who? By who? The Holy Ghost. Let me read this from God's word translation to make it a little clearer for you what he's saying here. He said... Being to be a servant of Jesus Christ to people who are not Jewish. I serve as a priest by spreading the what? Spreading the what? Good news of God. Well, how do you spread the good news of the gospel? Remember we read, come on, the gospel came to them and not in word only, but also in what? Also in power and in the what? And in the Holy Ghost. He goes, let's say, he said, I do this in order that I might bring nations. That I might bring nations to God as an acceptable offering made holy by the Holy Spirit. In this manifestation of the Holy Ghost, God wants to affect nations. Somebody say nations. Why? So they can be made holy by the Holy Ghost. Other translations say so, they can, so that they can be made whole and holy by the Holy Spirit. God wants nations whole and holy. Come on. God sees the big picture and he's trying to get you to see the big picture. 
Come on, say there's a big picture out there. Look at 1 Peter 1.10. God's trying to get you to see the big picture of why he wants manifestations of the Spirit of God, visible manifestations of signs and wonders and miracles. Why? He needs to get to nations. First Peter 1.10. It says, of which the prophets have inquired and searched what? Diligently, who prophesied of the what? Grace that should come unto you. Searching what or what manner of time the what? Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did what? Signify. In other words, they were searching for what day and time or what they were prophesying about would come to pass. I'll say it again. They were searching for what day and time or what they were prophesying about would come to pass. That, that's, listen, that time is now. Okay, y'all sound so excited out there. That time is now. So it says, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which is in them, did signify when it was testified beforehand of the what? The sufferings of Christ and the glory that shall follow. The glory that should what? The glory that should what? Come on, we're living in the glory that was to follow the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're living, this is the glory that he's talking about here. See, they were searching for what we're living in. Let me say that again. They were searching for what we're living in. It says, verse 12, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did what? Minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the what? With the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. With things the angels desire to look into. Let me read this from God's word translation. Verse 10. It says the prophets carefully researched. And investigated this salvation. Long ago they spoke about God's kindness that would come to you. So they tried to find out what time or situation the spirit of Christ kept referring to. Whenever he predicted Christ's suffering and the glory that would follow. And God revealed to the prophets that the things they had spoken were not for their own benefit. But for whose? But for yours and ours, what the prophets has spoken, the Holy Spirit who was sent from heaven has now made known. To who? To you, by those who spread the good news among you, these things that are even the angels want to look into. The angels long to be in the position you're in right now. So don't take this move for granted, folks. But who's making it known to you? The Holy Ghost. Somebody say the Holy Ghost. Why? Because that's another manifestation of the Holy Ghost. To make things known to you that others don't have a clue about. Let me say that again. To make things known to you that others don't have a clue about. Go to 1 Corinthians 
And it amazes you how God shows you things because when I went to the ministerial conference, everything that I was teaching you, they were teaching at the ministerial conference. They even talk about translations. <laughs> Are you listening to me out there? First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, but as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Anybody love the Lord in here? Come on, act like you love him. Say, I love the Lord. Amen. Put some emotion behind it. Come on, when you say, I love the Lord, you don't just say, I love the Lord. Tell them you love him. Come on. It says, I have not seen nor ears heard, neither have entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him, but God has revealed them to us. To who? To who? To who? By his spirit. For the spirit does what? Searches all things. Yeah, the what? The what? The what? Somebody say, God is deep. Come on, say, God is deep. And it says here, the deep things of God. In other words, there's some deep things of God that only the Holy Spirit can reveal to you. Let me say it again. There are some deep things of God that only the Holy Spirit can reveal to you that he wants to reveal to you. Let me say it again. That he wants to reveal to you. Verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of man, say the what? Spirit of which is in him. See, your spirit knows you because your spirit is a real you. And the real you, which is spirit, knows everything about you. He knows about your soul, what you're thinking. Come on, say amen, somebody. He knows your mind, will, and your emotions. He knows about your flesh and those sensual appetites that you're dealing with. Come on, say amen, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. For the thing, for man knows the things of man, say the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God. No, no man, but who? But who? But the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God, who is the Holy Ghost, is the only one who knows the things of God. Who knows what? The things of God. And he goes on to say, now we have received. Not going to receive. We have what? We have what? Come on, anybody receive this? It says we have what? Receive not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. It says we have received the spirit which is of who? God. Come on, we're talking about the spirit that searches the deep things of God. The spirit that is the only one that knows the things of God. We've already received the spirit of God. For what? For this purpose that we might know. Might know what? The things that are what? Freely given to who? Just anybody? To who? To us. 
of God. That we might know the what? Things of God. That we might know the what? The deep things of God. Somebody say the deep things of God. So there are some things and deep things of God that the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal to us. Are you with me out here? Verse 13, with things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the what? The Holy Ghost what? Teaches, comparing what? Spiritual things with spiritual In other words, he's talking about you being spiritual, even more spiritual than you think you are right now. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are what? Foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because why? They are spiritually discerned. The natural man here is a Greek word, suchikos, and it actually means sensual. In other words, the natural man is one that is living under the control of his, flesh, of his fleshly passions. In other words, he's an animal man as opposed to the spiritual man. He has no sense of spiritual values and no relish for them. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. He believed the highest wisdom is to live for this world and its carnal pleasures. He can't see spiritual things because he's spiritually dead. And there's a lot of Christians like that. Because why? They have no sense of spiritual values. And they don't even relish them. Come on, say amen, somebody. They're just as worldly as the world itself. And he says here, this natural man receiveth not the things of God. If you're living under the control of your flesh, you cannot receive the things of the spirit of God. And they will become foolish to you. And you can't know them, he says here, because they are what? They are what? They are what? In other words, I got to get spiritual in order to receive these things. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Verse 15, it says, but he that is what? Spiritual judges how many things? All things. Yet he himself is what? Judged and no man. Now, the spiritual man is the Greek word pneumatikos. Pneumatikos, and it means spiritual. Somebody say spiritual. In other words, this is a man who lives under the, under the control of the Holy Spirit and minds the things of the Spirit. He has the mind of Christ and discerns and esteems spiritual things above sensual things. Come on, are you with me out here? He's a person that is yielding himself to the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is able to reveal some things to him. Come on, are you with me out here? God is looking for some yielded vessels that he can manifest himself through and reveal some things to. But he needs you to become more what? More what? More what? More what? Y'all ain't saying it very loud. More what? Thank you. 
He's looking for people that become more spiritual instead of natural and fleshly folks. Why? Because he's about to send you to some places. Let me say it again. Because he's about to send you to some places. Like he did in the book of Acts. Look at Acts 13.1 as we close. He's about to send you to some places. He's about to send you to some places. I'm not talking about off the island. He may send you to your job. Come on. So don't be trying to pack your clothes and go somewhere. Crystal. Amen. <laughs> but he's about to send you to some places. Look at Acts 13.1. It says, now, we're, now there were in the church that was in Antioch certain what? Prophets and what? Teachers. As Barnabas, Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Serene, and Manian, which had been brought, brought up with the Herod, the Tetrarch, and who? Saul. But notice it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. As they what? As they what? And did what? As they what? And did what? As they what? And what? They ministered to the Lord. Although they were praying, they were worshiping. I'm pretty sure they was in the word of God. And they were fasting. What were they doing? They were getting their flesh under control so that they could hear some things. Say it again. They were getting their flesh under control so they could what? Hear some things. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, as they prepared themselves, the Holy Ghost said. As they prepared themselves, what? The Holy Ghost says, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the what? For the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and what? Pray, still doing what? Preparing themselves and laid their hands on them and sent them away. So being sent forth by who? By who? By the Holy Ghost departed unto Seleucia, and from, th from thence they sailed to Cyprus. They went forth preaching the gospel, not in word only, but also in power and the Holy Ghost. Because why? They were sent. Because why? They prepared themselves to hear from God to be sent. They were getting more spiritual. Come on, say amen, somebody. God is desiring somebody to get a little bit more spiritual in this room. Lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm spiritual already. Maybe you're just not spiritual like you think you are or as spiritual as you think you are. Hallelujah. Don't ever think you have arrived. Say it again. Don't ever think you have arrived. Father, we just thank and we praise and we glorify you.